Welcome to Wrestling with the Angels, a podcast that hopes to encourage you as we limp along this life together. My name is Zach, and I'm here with some good friends and new co-hosts. have Sarah here and Pastor Dave. And today, we are asking ourselves the question... Uh, oh, shoot, I've already forgotten it. That's why, I, that's why I texted it to myself. We literally came up with this topic uh, right before uh, we started talking. And so we're asking ourselves the question, what is one thing from your past that has helped shape who you are? And I'll let one of you guys answer first. Should we go ladies first? Is, is chivalry dead in the podcast? Or? Yeah, let's, let's do Sarah first. Okay, so um, I think that the main one of the biggest things that have, has shaped who I am, I um, I'm a person who is interested in everything. Like I can sit and talk to you about whatever because I'm just interested in things that are interesting. Is that a good way to say that? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I um, I don't know. I think that that makes a difference in every area of my life. Um, and I attribute that to my grandmothers. Both of my grandmothers were people who were interested in the world and could laugh easily at anything. Um, my mom's mom is a teacher, was a teacher and a pastor's wife and a reader. And she was constantly saying, you know what I learned? Let me tell you about this thing. Or, let, you know, or she was um, laughing at something silly. Or, um, And my dad's mom was... Um, she was a nightclub owner and a hairdresser and an organ player and a singer and a polka dancer. She could play the accordion. Um, nice. Wait, wait, I have to ask. And, and Sarah and I are sharing a mic, so you'll have to uh, forgive the intrusion. But you said your grandmother was a nightclub owner? You got to talk more about that. A nightclub owner who also played the accordion. That's right. Let's not miss right. that detail. So, yeah, I think it was when my dad was a teenager. Um, she owned a little nightclub of some kind in the Atlanta area and um, would have musicians come in. My dad said, you know, sometimes um, he would come to breakfast in the morning and there would be some musician who had played all night and slept on the couch. And, you know, she was feeding him breakfast. Um, and so, um, anyway... I just really appreciate that they always were um, teaching me about interesting things, you know. And so I'm the kind of person now who, like, I'll pick up a an article about parenting, and I have no kids, but I think it's interesting. Or I'll read about some random animal that I've never seen before, or I'll, you know, just kind of read and learn. About, you can tell me about anything, and I'm interested in it. And I think that that um, is, I don't know, a big part of my character probably is just being interested in learning. Yeah, one thing one thing I'll add to that is uh, a large uh, some some of the listeners may know that I, I love fountain pens, and a large reason why I love fountain pens so much is because my friend Sarah introduced them to me. So it is kind of interesting to think about that a past event that has helped shape who you are is also shaping other people, hmm. um, and that might be a thought worth thinking about. The power of fountain pens, <laughs> bringing friends together. Well, I, I've always thought I'm one of those people who, like, I don't know a lot about 
very many subjects, but I know a little bit about a lot of things. Every time I take like a friend, which of the friends are you? I'm always Ross, <laughs> which is a little bit of an insult, but you know, I like to know about things and I like to tell people about things. And it's not because I think I'm smarter than you. It's because I find them interesting. And I think that you should find them interesting. Yeah, yeah I do. I do like, uh, I am curious now to hear yours and then reflect on mine, Pastor Dave. Um, if the thing that, if the event that has helped shape us in our past is actually pointing forward and, and helping shape others. But I'm, I'm curious to hear yours. Yeah, I would definitely say so to that, that question for sure. It's like, it has shaped me a lot and therefore it cannot help but shape others because of what it's done to transform my life. And so my singular most transforming event that I've been through as a person, um, maturity-wise, and especially um, from a spiritual perspective, was going through Hurricane Katrina back in 2005. And so we lived in New Orleans. We ministered there. I was doing homeless work uh, at one of the shelters. And a major disaster like that is never something you think, well, that's going to happen to me, right? And growing up in South Louisiana, Hurricanes were just a part of life. You know, we get six months out of the year. It's hurricane season. And so a lot of name storms have passed over my head and never once caused me any serious inconvenience except for maybe some power outages and some limbs down in the yard. And then Katrina happened. And while we did evacuate, because honestly the thing scared me to death when I saw uh, the, the path of it, when it had changed and its intensity, I was like, I am not sticking around for this one. Um, but getting that phone call uh, from a dear friend uh, saying, your place is gone, um, and not knowing what that was going to mean for us in the long term. I mean, where would we live? Would we go back? Would we even keep the same jobs? Uh, I've never had a situation where everything in your life is now open for something new. You can choose anywhere in the world so you want to live, any job you want to take, because you've got nothing. Like everything's gone and everything's an uncertainty. And so it was through that difficult time and you know, condensing a lot because Katrina wasn't a one-day event. I mean, we went on just the months and even the couple of years after that. Uh, of trying to rebuild and just get your mind straight, things like that. Um, it had a huge impact on me, specifically as far as how I looked at my role uh, as a follower of Jesus and what did that mean on a day-to-day -day basis and what does obedience need to look like from a biblical perspective uh, because I, you know, I was at a place in my life, you know, as a young man that, you know, I kind of figured out how certain things worked mm -hmm. and I kind of figured out how I can, I can do the ministry without really doing the ministry. Mm. Right. And I, I knew what to do to keep the exterior appearances up and I knew what to do to uh, have people pat me on the back, but I didn't have to do any of the hard stuff. I could, I could just, let that float by because I, I, I kind of learned how the game was played. And I, I was really under heavy conviction from the spirit um, after Katrina that I squandered a lot of opportunities and a lot of 
time that I should have been um, doing the hard things in faithfulness to what God had called me to. And it was one of those things that kind of wrecked me spiritually. And it was kind of those moments where I, you know, I vow I will, I will never, I will never go back to playing games. Mm. I will always be serious about my calling um, because I, I saw how, what, what if I did not make it out of that hurricane? Mm. What if I didn't make it out? And what l- true legacy had I left as someone who said, I follow Jesus. Jesus is my, my all in all, and he is worthy of everything that, that I have and am. Well, that would not have been true. Mm. Um, maybe no one else would have known it but God, but that was enough. And so everything that I've kind of done since then has been more out of a sense of urgency and has been more of a, out of a sense of obedience is not an option. Mm. No games. Um, we don't go recklessly, but we don't go uh, with a sense of uh, timidity. We, we, we go big, mm-hmm. and we do what God wants. And I've not always done that perfectly, but it's always been in my mind. Like, am I obeying? Am I following God? Am I being dependent on him? And so I, I think because of that, it does impact others uh, because I think um, that's something that people recognize in me that uh, I tend to be a little more serious. I'm, I'm a pretty fun guy, I think. <laughs> but I have a serious streak in me when it comes to the work of God. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think that challenges some people. And I hope it encourages others uh, to maybe not be afraid themselves, but to take some bold steps and do it with God, do it with faith. He's going to carry you, even if you get bruised up in the process. It's better to it's better to obey. It's better to do what you're called to do than to just kind of play games. Yeah, that's um, one thing I have noticed about you. Uh, from a personal standpoint, as I know you said urgency, but you're very thoughtful in how you carry things out. Um, you're very like, you have a very logistical frame of mind. Um, so, cause I have this phrase that I sort of live by that urgency is the enemy to spiritual growth. But when I hear you say urgency, it's different than how I'm meaning it when I say that, because when I, get this sense of urgency. I, you know, I feel like it has to be done right then and there. How I see you using that that term is like, this needs to be done and I'm going to do it in a methodical it's, way. To me, urgency is that constant pressure on your back. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pushing you and it may not be pushing you very quickly, right? Right. but it, you're allowing it to push you yeah. rather than saying, no, nah, I'm pretty good. Right. Yeah, right moving here. forward. I'll, I'll, moving forward. A lack of apathy. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And one thing I'll, uh, how your past experience has shaped, helped shape me is I think in particular in your work with the homeless ministry, you bring, you have brought a lot of knowledge and insight to me. Cause that's one thing that I'm passionate about as well. Right. Um, I can remember as a college student and even high school student, like when I would be on the road and I'd see somebody uh, with their thumb out, I would pick them up and, um, that always drove my family and my girlfriend, now wife, crazy. Because, like, what if they just murdered you? You know, you, but I just ha- always had this um, burning 
uh, sense of passion for them. And what you have brought to me is the insight that uh, at in times past, I could have possibly been enabling situations as opposed to truth, truthfully helping them. Um, a lot of my passion was just blah. It was just all like heart on the sleeve kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and you're, you know, that has been particularly helpful for me um, in my dealings with the homeless ministry since meeting you. Is how can I how can, if I want to help them, you know, what's a how am I actually going to get there and not simply just enable? So yeah, you sound like you have something to say. I just want to say that I'm really glad I didn't have to follow your answer. <laughs> yeah, when we uh, when we were first looking at this um, question, one immediately came to my mind that was like super sad, and I'm not going to share that one, but I am going to tease it, I guess. Uh, so the one that I came up with was um, it was about a year into faith, my wife and I's marriage, and she came to me and she told me. Um, you're not leading me like I think you should be. Like you're not, uh, you're not spiritually leading me like I think you should. And ever since then, that that was a defining moment for me. Um, ever since then, I, I have had this thirst to acquire um, theological knowledge, to read books, heady theological books, um, and I and have those conversations with my wife. And I think she has regretted having that conversation at times um, because I have not always um, implemented or I've not always conversed well with her. Um, at times it was very much mansplaining <laughs> or uh, even possibly um, demeaning her. And um, But that is definitely one uh, defining moment in my life that I have, um, and I've gotten better with it over time. Um, but yeah, her pointing out to me that, um, spiritually in some ways I was lacking personally and lacking uh, in the marriage. But I guess one, um, final question we can kind of look at is, um, why do we think those things have shaped us so much? Oh, for me, I, you know, it, it was a huge pivot point. Like I can, I can tell you where I was standing when that conviction from the spirit just washed over me. You know, what's funny is I, I, I resonate with that. I was on this ugly couch that I'm sorry if my mom's listening, but there were like red and oh, like Florida Lee gold things on it. And I, I, I just resonate. I was, ex- I know exactly where yeah. we were, yeah. what I was sitting on. So yeah. Yeah. I, I was on the, um, fourth floor of the World Trade Center in downtown New Orleans on Canal Street, mm. looking out of a big bay window kind of thing uh, onto the city. And and I was just overcome with the lostness and the fact that I, I honestly thought that I did not have to take the my call as a follower of Christ seriously, and I could be okay with that. And suddenly, I just wasn't okay with it anymore. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it has shaped me. It has shaped everything I've done uh, to the point where there may be good opportunities, um, but I, I there are things I'll say no to because I, I want to do things that are true to how God has gifted me and 
treated the opportunities and that that I think God wants for my life and things that are in line with with scripture um and you know for for some people I, I think um they would look at some of that um uh, and go well you don't you don't seem to be uh we can't figure out what side you're on mm-hmm. right because you know you're you're a very you stand on the truth but you also want to help poor people and you're also talking about race and you're also, you know, you care about the environment. It's like, well, what, what are you, you know, <laughs> but it all comes out of that. And so I don't think I would have ever explored the, the depth of what it means to follow Christ in every aspect of my life. Had I never come in under that conviction, I think I would have just sort of, at least for a, for the foreseeable future, continued to coast. So I, I think um, for me, of course, after listening to both of your answers, I now come up with a better, more spiritual answer than I could have given. But I will go back to, hey, gr- to grannies are great. That's right, a great that's answer. True, that's true. Yeah, your answer uh, was very spiritual. Well, what I want to say about that is that um, to go. What's the question? How? How? Why is this? Why? Why has it shaped? Why is yeah. it important? Or I don't know. We answered the event, but why? Well, I think that I don't know if this answers the question, but I think that how this has affected me as I've, as far as my spiritual growth mm-hmm. is that my, um, my faith, um, you know, of course is, has been stagnant at times, but I don't live in a, um, a space where I feel like faith is just, is just sitting still, you mm-hmm. know, where I, um, Oh, this is just how I am. This is just what I believe. And it's just how it's going to be. Um, I feel like I, I recognize that there's always something else to learn and another way to grow, and there's more to find in God's Word, um, which is something that I've really been finding in the last six months as I've been par- a part of a new Bible study that has just opened my eyes to things that, you know, I've learned as Bible stories my whole life and considered, you know, individual stories to kind of be equal in value to each other and finding out, you know, the weight of some of the things that I kind of always just considered to be. Bible stories, you know, but how they have impacted Christianity throughout the ages. And so um, I appreciate, you know, my family teaching me to be a learner. And it it is fun in just the regular world, but when it comes to faith, it impacts that as well. Very good. And um, that's what we want to do today. We want to look at our past and help it shape our future. And until next time, may the Lord make his channel for his peace. Mm-hmm.